Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my buddies. Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how the radio shows get canceled, by the way. That's, that's Dead air. <laughs> Dead air. We call it meditation time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or sacred silence. So, Tom Dorian and yes. Sam Ziggy Please pray Rodriguez. for me out there. Please pray for me. Yeah, we will. Tom's Thank middle you. name is actually a sacred silence. His, fa- his family right. insisted right. in making the, the uh, okay, I'm good birth certificate. I'm good with nice. it. How do you write silence on a birth certificate? But that's a whole other show. We, we're not going to do that. Y'all are good. Actually, his name is Thomas Silence. <laughs> Dorian. They wanted a sacred silence for the middle right. Anyway, no, they didn't. And you know what? We're, we are. We're, let's, let's launch into we're our program. We're just trying to throw off any sort of identity thieves out there who want to exactly steal right. his info. That's right. Yes. Anyway, uh, uh, we, we just we got so derailed. Get you off track. I know. I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do now. I just, I'm never going to get that time Ascension. back. It's gone. Let's talk about the Ascension. Yes. That is a great idea. Yes. In fact, man, that's why Coming you're from a guy named Thomas. Sitting, yes, yes, awesome. Yes, Bam. so here we are uh, talking about the Ascension because we find ourselves. Uh, well, we'll just say a lot of parishes are celebrating the Ascension on Sunday. On Sunday, and uh, we're so, one of them. So Ascension Thursday on Sunday that makes uh, sense to me. Formerly known as Ascension Thursday, now Ascension Sunday, I guess. And we, that's a whole we're, other we're show. We're not taking sides on that. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're, we're, but but you know, Ascension is important. Yes. Right. So we will. Well, you know, the suffering, death, resurrection, Ascension. Yeah. And you know, because Jesus had to go up so the Holy Spirit could come down. Oh, you yeah. know, so I'm saying so. So it's good. It's it's all, it's all a good thing. So it is. we thought we'd take a few minutes and just sort of unpack the. The whole um, Ascension saga, as it were, as it unfolds in Scripture. And always on Ascension, uh, that feast, we have the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, that very first chapter, uh, the very beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, which is kind of like a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. And we just go right into the Ascension. It's kind of neat uh, where, it's, where it starts. So I'll just, I'll just read through it real quickly. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up, after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you 
into heaven will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. Wow. That's a cool story. I love That's super cool. I know. And there's so many things to talk about mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right, in, in this. Uh, it's, uh, in, it's, it's exciting because, I mean, I've seen this from so many different perspectives. And um, I love the fact that, um, that uh, Luke sort of takes us through like, well, just want to, in, in case you missed last week's episode, you know, he wants to catch us up. Right, if we're if we're binging the God, the Bible, right? He wants to say like, when last we left Jesus, he had just done all these amazing things. Talked about the resurrection, how he'd shown through proofs that he had resurrected, and and all these things. But then says, y'all need to stay here. He didn't say y'all, by the way. I just put that in there. <laughs> y'all need to stay here in Jerusalem because Holy Spirit's coming, right? Holy Spirit's coming to empower you. Right, so that's kind of cool. So he's telling them this is going to happen, mm-hmm. right? But then, then he ascends, right? And there's so many things I, I look at all these details here. But one of the things I love is the fact that while they're staring up in the sky, right? right. These two men clad in white, which I mean, it's angels, you know? I mean, right. they they show up and there's these two angels essentially that show them and say, dudes. Knock them upside the head. What are y'all doing looking up in the sky? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Uh, and as if to say, you need to get busy. Right. So all that stuff Jesus told you, you need to now do that stuff. Right? And in fact, it's really kind of on you because you're the church now. I mean, you're the, you're the church that he was establishing. So you all need to get busy. You don't need to sit and stare at the sky. Right? And so that's a lesson for so many different people in so many different contexts. One of those being... The people that are thinking, uh, well, we're waiting for the day in the hour, wait for Jesus to return. And trust me, guys, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of hoping Jesus shows up in pretty soon. <laughs> That'd be nice. Because the world's getting kind of, it's going off the rails, you know, yeah. and it's just getting kind of difficult out there. And there's a part of me that thinks like, well, it'd be okay with me if Jesus would come on back. But the problem is, I mean, Jesus himself says no one knows the times or the seasons, right? But the Father Right? We don't know, like a thief in the night we, we hear somewhere else in Scripture, but it's like, we don't know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do now is live every day as, as, if, as if it's our last. Right, Live every day in that way, in, in the way that Jesus taught us, and all the ways that he prepared us. And what's so beautiful about this is, they didn't really uh, totally 100% get it, I think, until it happened, but they're going to be empowered by that Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit's what's going to lead them and take them and carry them in a way they'd never uh, really understood and experienced before. It's true. You know, for me, my reading of that has been changed uh, dramatically a few years ago by a homily I heard from uh, a priest in our diocese, Father Ben Bradshaw, who's he's the head chef at the Catholic Cafe. He so is he's the head yes. chef. He's, That's right. He's like quite him. a good chef. Royalties right. will follow. Yeah. <laughs> Now I've got to give him a quarter every time we say Father Ben. Oh, it's 50 cents now. <laughs> but uh, but mm-hmm. Father Ben, uh, he walked us through the Ascension narrative, preparing us in part based on uh, l- taking a look at putting ourselves in the shoes of the apostles and how they must have received that moment. Because, you know, they had walked for three years with Jesus and they had seen, they'd heard him speak. They had seen him perform countless miracles, Right. Just from that, they had, we would think, you know, we're, we're showing up to church and we're showing up and trying to do our, our, our best, right? Uh, 
uh, and we didn't get a chance to see Jesus perform miracles live, right? And so right. it's kind of surprising for us when we see the Passion narrative when they scatter. It's like, guys, didn't you see? Didn't you see? Right? right. But it, they did. They scattered. And, of course, in the end of the day, we have to acknowledge there have been plenty of times that all of us individually have scattered when crosses have come our way. Certainly right? our knees were knocking and we were, like, in the upper room when yes. the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Right? Yes, yes. So we definitely have, you know, been there. But here you have... Uh, then he's resurrected. And so now they're sitting there like, he told us he was going to be resurrected, and he did. And they walked for 40 days with this guy, this guy that death can't stop. I mean, they had to have felt, had to have felt pretty bold in those, in those 40 days, walking next to the resurrected Jesus, who rose just as he said he would. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, in a flash, boom, he's ascended. Right at a time when they still have these questions, like, "Hey, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, you know, are you going to do these things?" They still don't have the big picture. They want the answers. Mm-hmm. They, they, Jesus tells them before he ascends, "I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit." You know, which is a message he's been saying since the Last Supper. He's been telling them this, right? Uh, and the, all of a sudden, he's he's gone again. Mm-hmm. But this time, they don't scatter. You know, they had a choice. They could have, at that point, completely freaked out. But they stayed in unity. They stayed unified by faith to follow the words of Jesus and wait for the Holy Spirit. And the phrase that Father Ben used in that homily that really changed my life, and actually it changed how I pray the rosary, because every time I get to the second glorious mystery of the rosary, I use this phrase where he said... He said the apostles in that moment they had a they had a choice to make they had a, they had to choose to dial down the drama, and dial up their trust in God, mm-hmm. and so I actually I used the ascension I, that stuck with me. I was like every time I get to the ascension mystery, I think of uh, sources of drama in my life or potential sources of drama in my life, places where I don't have all the answers and I want them all. I, I just say, okay, Lord. <laughs> Dialing down the drama, dialing up the trust in God, and and just use that to meditate through that, and it's changed my life, honestly. Hmm. Uh, I can only imagine. I mean, because it's, it's exactly right, and 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 those. I mean, the history of Scripture in in the New Testament shows you how that it was. Everything was dramatic. Right? <laughs> it was all drama all the way up to that point. And imagine going through the whole, uh, you know, crucifixion scene. I mean, just oh, all gosh. of that, right? Horrible. Well, you know, because we, and we relive it in a in a in a tiny, tiny, tiny way mm-hmm. every time we have you know the the Paschal Triduum, and, and it's profound and it's moving. And I can't imagine what it would be like if we were actually there. Oh, so yeah. these guys were there, right? And then now this is happening, and then they're trying to collect themselves and figure all this stuff out. Jesus appears to them, and it's like. What you a know, roller coaster! I, I, I can only imagine how crazy it was, right? And just and I guess yes, as Father Ben would say, "Ooh, that's seventy-five cents." That would be. <laughs> it's like dramatic, more drama. It's yeah. like, Lord, can we just can we just have like a regular day? Right. Like, can we just can we just sit in our little barca loungers and just watch football just for an afternoon? Can right. we do something where it just take our mind off all of this stuff? And yet, what you you rightly point out that that he had pointed out in his homily that essentially, I think they were more resolute because I think they they it was clear to them what they needed to do. Yeah, right. I think I think now 
all of that stuff had come into now it's like it's like the stars aligned or the ducks were in a row or whatever kind of analogy you want to use they suddenly saw all the pieces they connected all the dots and it's like okay he really has given us everything that we everything that we need mm-hmm. right um in fact the gospel reading is mark's version of the great commission you know and it's like it's go therefore right, right? and so they said so that hearing all of these things now they know it's like we've been given our marching orders, mm-hmm. and we just need to trust. I mean, they've seen all the things that Jesus does, right? They've seen him uh, from the very beginning, the, the amazing words of prophecy, the, 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 the insights, the, the knowledge of Scripture uh, of, of all kinds, uh, and then certainly the things, the amazing things, the miracles, you know, turning water into wine, walking on water, uh, and then, of course, healing the sick and the lame and raising the dead, all these incredible things, feeding 5,000 people, right, basically out of nothing. And, and they, they've seen all of this now, and so now all that sort of just comes into laser focus, and they realize, hey, this is, it's really happening. This is the church thing really happening. Well, it's, it's a stark difference between... Uh, Abraham, the story of Abraham's walk of faith and the story of the church's walk of faith, basically. Because right. Abraham, he's just a guy out in the desert. God tells him to do something and he just does it. And when yeah. we read his story, I mean, he's just, he does it even if he doesn't understand it fully. He's being told to circumcise himself as an entire house. He just does it. I mean, yeah. stuff that would be impossible for most people to even like wrap their heads around. God told me to do what, right? But, yeah. you know, I know, and and of course, I think I don't know that the, the apostles necessarily could have hung with Abraham. You no, know, exactly. <laughs> I don't but think the, they would have made it. But that's the difference. Is you know, Abraham shows us ultimately it's a he's a supreme example of what it is to walk in faith. But but Jesus in this narrative, in this, and I think it kind of the the faith narrative sort of begins at the ascension point, mm-hmm. right? That's when their walk of faith begins because now they're just not following like a resurrected dude. I mean, that's similar to like Adam and Eve being in the cool of the day with God yeah. in the garden. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. now they're really walking faith, but God has built them up in a track record of faithfulness. He has shown them he's real. He's there to work with them and through him. And he's given them every single reason through life experience to believe that he's trustworthy. Amen. Amen. This is awesome. We're talking about the the ascension uh, here with uh, Tom and Ziggy. And we're going to continue that conversation on the other side of this little short break. Before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comments on them. It makes a difference. Man, you're getting better and better. (laughs) I know. Really animated. and this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there 
but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm sitting here with Ziggy and with Thomas Patrick. Yes, sir. And uh, we are talking about the Ascension, and we are well, like we're just we're like we're all sort of levitating out of our out of the booth right now, which is pretty impressive. Tom, Tom, come, come back, come back. <laughs> He's left us. And then like there's like a waitress standing right here going like, why are you guys looking up? Yeah, it's time to he'll order. come back, but he'll come back with donuts. So <laughs> cover we, the bill for me, guys. <laughs> We have a totally different version of the Ascension here. Right. You can tell we are not deities. We would be no. terrible deities. So that being said, uh, it's it's what's so cool about, I think, about the Ascension is that you're right, um, Sam, when you're talking about the fact that this is like, you know, faith in action. This is when it starts. This is when everything everything changes. And then it's even going to get better when the Holy Spirit comes. Yes. Right? Because it's not that the Holy Spirit made them do these things. Right. But essentially, he, he empowered their faith. So the Holy Spirit empowers faith, doesn't necessarily create faith. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit can't. I'm just saying that they had their faith, and then their faith essentially is just emboldened, and empowered, multiplied by right. the Holy Spirit. And so that's how the Lord works. Uh, and in this situation with the Ascension, and, and I mean, think about what they did. Yeah. I mean, we start to read later in the Acts of the Apostles how, and 3,000 were converted that day, and 5,000 were baptized, and all these thousands of thousands of people. 
and then we start seeing the Sanhedrin, and we start seeing all of the fair. We see all of the the the, the various uh, governmental authorities and the Jewish authorities getting really upset because really stuff is starting to happen. Yeah. Right. And so the Holy Spirit has come and just enlivened this whole thing, and is essentially this church is being built now, and and it could not have been done without the faith of those. About what those are those apostles? Well, and I think you're hitting on a very important point. The phrase that's kind of coming to mind here is "it takes two to tango," right? And so, with in terms of receiving the Holy Spirit, it's not just a matter of like God just sort of pouring the Holy Spirit and activating folks. Uh, it has to be the whole, God's always pouring His love about upon everybody, but it's when a person is ready to really receive in faith and yeah. ready to say here I am Lord and 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 really invite the Holy Spirit to uh work through you and transform you that's that's the difference maker right and so you know we might have some listeners who have said gosh you know I've heard people talk about having the Holy Spirit uh and that's just not an experience that I've had well maybe between now and Pentecost Sunday you know taking the time to say Lord I I'm coming to you in faith I'm praying for you to bless me with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday. Oh wow! Be careful with that prayer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. seriously, you're really, you're Spirit's really yes, smack yeah, exactly. It's so cool. And not, now an, another way that I've always looked at the ascension, and I think that kind of it parallels all the stuff that we're talking about, is uh, I've described it in a way where it's like you know, I'm father of nine, and and each of those kids, I've had to go through the process of teaching them things as a dad does and one of those things is like riding bikes mm-hmm. right and i and, and i know you get you've had this experience tom you're mm-hmm. certainly uh but um, uh you know where you're you're teaching them to ride a bike you get them on that bike you start you walk alongside them they're they got their hands and the handlebars and it's all wobbly and if you let go they're just going to fall over but you start to gently you're, you're you're talking to them you're 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 speaking into their ear you're giving them confidence you're building them up you're telling them which way you're going to go and you you get this path laid out in front of them and then you start to steadily pick up speed right you start to to where the point where you're like sort of jogging alongside of them i mean sure. and essential and then and then there's that point where where you let go mm-hmm. right where you where you let go and that's and that's that's a that's a it's a make or break moment for a kid on a bike uh, and I've had some bad experiences, and I've had I some broke great... my leg that way. Yeah, I can... <laughs> yes, it's very sad. Did you really? No, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I could see it. Yes. <laughs> if you've ever seen Sam on a bike, you'd know that it was not meant to be on a bike. It was car surfing, but I, I thought I was. I was ready. Yes. That wow. being said, there's there's something beautiful about that moment where you, right. where you let go and where where this you, you you see them suddenly sort of take ownership. Yeah. Right. Um, and so really now, while I am not able to impart the Holy Spirit upon my child <laughs> in the way that, that Jesus promised and the way that Jesus uh, announced was going to happen, the way that the Lord rains the Holy Spirit down upon them, right? You know, like a sound of a freight train or a tornado or whatever that they were hearing. Uh, you know, that's not happening. But there's that moment where your child, you know, when you're teaching them to ride a bike, they have faith. Yeah. Right. And then that faith is suddenly just it it, it blossoms, you know, and th- there's this is what Jesus was doing, walking alongside us, walking with us in life. And then right at the ascension, he kind of he, Great analogy, he, he, le- he lets go. Right. Right. He lets go. And 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 here's this fledgling church kind of wobbly at first, but then getting up speed, taking, you know, and then getting confidence and and building. And here we are. One point three billion Catholics later. 
right? And, and it's it's an amazing accomplishment that I think only divine intervention can do. And that's it's, to me, I, that's what I love the idea that that you were saying that the ascension is really that turning point where faith certainly just it just it just takes the reins, right? And then all that Jesus promised sort of starts to take effect, right? And how powerful that is. Could you imagine? You know, you're there with with the 12 apostles, and you're one of them, and you actually are taking a step back and saying, like, wait, what, what are we being in charged with? What's our do to save the world? Like, yeah. It's like something, you know, we watch these comic book films, right, about superheroes having superpowers and having some sort of a supervillain to fight in some sort of a saga. But in this case, like, God actually is calling us to heroic virtue. He's calling mm. us to supernatural gifting, mm. and he's calling us to use all of that for salvation of the whole world. I mean, saving the world one heart at a time. That is truly we, the call. Honestly, we already have a savior, right? And we know his name. Oh, yes. Except the the, the beauty is we're supposed to participate in that salvation, that plan of salvation, right? He's, he's choosing to do it through us. And we've been given a gift. So at our baptism and certainly in, in uh, Eucharist and in confirmation, those sacraments of initiation, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so we, we, we have the power to do amazing and incredible things feats in the name of Jesus, right? So we, we, we mustn't sit and think that we're not qualified, that we're not able to do these things because we gotta are. trust and go. We got we to gotta dial down the drama and dial up the trust. I mean, it's, right. it's that simple. Yep. And, and also like uh, Peter Parker heard, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew somehow, you know, Marvel or DC, you know, somebody was going to creep Wars. in. Yeah, something was going to creep in. Uh, but it, it is true, though, you know, that we do have to have a sense of awe and a sense of yeah. duty with what has been entrusted to us if we actually take this take a step back and acknowledge what our baptism and confirmation truly is, what the Eucharist this is truly is. where we have to realize that what has been given to us in sacramental uh, uh, gift is essentially uh, supernatural. I mean, we, we have to believe that it's not of this world. It's in this world through this world, by this world, created this world, but it's God Almighty in, in His presence among us that makes the difference, and that's what's so powerful. It's something that the world can't offer. It cannot offer, absolutely not. And then I, I, the last thing I would mention is, uh, like, what does all this mean to me? So Jesus ascended. You know, and I, I, I just think about uh, the gift and the beauty of the ascension, and when I'm praying the rosary and I'm on that particular mystery, <coughs> excuse me, I imagine myself like when Jesus is ascending, just holding onto his garment. <laughs> and let him lift me up out of whatever. Great. You know? So the ascension we can ascend to with the Lord. Wow. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us in this ascension. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.